Journeying with Newman, The Path to Sainthood. Newman on the Assumption of Our Lady. I'm Dr. Rebecca Lamb, a lecturer in Theology and the Arts at St. Mary's School of Divinity in the University of St. Andrews. I write and teach on intersections between theology, literature, and the visual arts with a special focus on the long 19th century to the present. I've had a special personal devotion to Newman for many years. He has been a profoundly formative influence on my own sense of the call to be a scholar and teacher. I first learned of him while growing up attending the Toronto Oratory and the fathers there, who closely follow the spirit of both St. Philip Neri and Newman, have also been a special influence in my life. The passage I chose comes from Part 1 of Meditations and Devotions, a volume of collated Newman papers which were edited by Reverend W.P. Neville of the Birmingham Oratory and first published in 1893, just three years following Newman's death. Reverend Neville tells us that since the early years of his Catholic life, Newman had intended to put together a work titled A Yearbook of Devotion that would assist readers in better understanding the links between doctrine and devotion, between faith, reason, and our affections. Meditations and Devotions is an effort to realize part of Newman's unfulfilled dream to complete a yearbook of devotion before his death. By her assumption is meant that not only her soul, but her body also was taken up to heaven upon her death, so that there was no long period of her sleeping in the grave, as is the case with others, even great saints, who wait for the last day for the resurrection of their bodies. One reason for believing in Our Lady's Assumption is that her Divine Son loved her too much to let her body remain in the grave. A second reason, that now before us, is this, that she was not only dear to our Lord as a mother is dear to a son, but also that she was so transcendentally holy, so full, so overflowing with grace. Adam and Eve were created upright and sinless, and had a large measure of God's grace bestowed upon them, and, in consequence, their bodies would never have crumbled into dust had they not sinned, upon which it was said of them, Dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. If Eve, the beautiful daughter of God, never would have become dust and ashes unless she had sinned, shall we not say that Mary, having never sinned, retained the gift which Eve by sinning lost? What had Mary done to forfeit the privilege given to our first parents in the beginning? Was her comeliness to be turned into corruption, and her fine goal to become dim without reason assigned? Impossible. Therefore we believe that though she died for a short hour, as did our Lord himself, yet like him, and by his almighty power, she was raised again from the grave. A significant amount of meditations and devotions focuses on the church's teaching regarding the Blessed Virgin Mary. Newman believed authentic devotion to Mary helps us better appreciate the splendor and nature of Christ's love. Newman often pondered how Mary uniquely reveals to us aspects of divine love because as the one who bore Christ in her womb and sinlessly kept God's word, she, as he puts it, knows better than any other the thoughts and desires of the Sacred Heart. He also frequently meditated on how the events of Mary's life, such as her Immaculate Conception, participation in Christ's Passion, and Assumption, manifest the gracious will and work of Christ to have her 
as the second Eve help bring about salvation history. Our Lord treasured her fiat and fittingly honored it by ensuring there was no long period of her sleeping in the grave, as is the case with others, even great saints, who wait for the last day for the resurrection of their bodies. Newman tells us that since the Incarnation is inextricably tied to God having a human mother, a whole series of other wonderful truths follow in this fact's train. Among these truths are, of course, the four Marian dogmas, namely that Mary is the mother of God, that she was immaculately conceived, that she was a perpetual virgin, and that she was assumed into heaven, body, and soul. Newman liked to emphasize that all dogma concerning and devotion to Mary is grounded in her status as the mother of God. He sums this up beautifully when he asks the following question of us. If we have mastered the idea that Mary bore, suckled, and handled the eternal in the form of a child, then what limit is conceivable to the Russian flood of thoughts which such a doctrine involves? For Newman, the Marian dogmas are all a logical part of the Russian flood of thoughts, growing out of the fact that the incarnate God had a mother. In this vein, Newman understood the assumption as a direct consequence of the Immaculate Conception. The passage from Meditations and Devotions that I chose to reflect on examines this point at length. Newman tells us that Mary's overflowing with grace necessitates her assumption into heaven, body and soul. To drive home this point, he asks, If Eve, the beautiful daughter of God, never would have become dust and ashes unless she had sinned, shall we not say that Mary, having never sinned, retained the gift which Eve by sinning lost? It is impossible, he concludes, to think otherwise. For Newman, the doctrine of the Assumption not only confirms and affirms Mary as Immaculate Virgin and the Mother of God, it also provides deeper insight into what her holy motherhood means for us throughout history. Mary's Assumption makes her motherhood even more accessible to us, her children. From heaven she is our special consolation, our attentive intercessor. The Dominican theologian Herbert McCabe once said, in a rather Newman-like way, that the assumption is a great sign of hope for us here on earth. Mary's assumption, he reminds us, marks the beginning of the resurrection of all who are taken up into Christ's resurrection. Indeed, Newman says nearly the same thing in the closing lines of one of the prayers he composed, in which he addresses Mary, saying, Give me each day your holy and maternal blessing, until my last evening on earth, when your immaculate heart will present me to the heart of Jesus in heaven. These passages from Newman's writings on the Assumption give us a glimpse into the deep unity, coherence, and necessity Newman found in the theological doctrines of the Catholic faith. But just as importantly, they show us how doctrine is not a dry, restrictive, rationalist phenomenon, but rather a dynamic, inexhaustible, yet incisive account of the mysterious way God loves his creation and also honors those who love him in return. It reminds us that the humble yes of a young Jewish girl, made close to 2,000 years ago, transformed the course of history and reverberates to this day as the Blessed Mother, now enthroned in heaven, patiently hears our prayers and mediates our encounters with the Lord as his children. <laughs>